Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Hello and welcome to episode 90. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're feeling good taking care of yourself, being patient with your healing process. I know for me, I have been in a big year of change in my life. I am turning 40 in October. And turning 40 is bringing up all of this stuff about aging, about career, about where I should or should not be in my life, about children and family and all this kind of thing. And I was thinking about it the other day about how I noticed myself like comparing myself to people who are also 40 or like the other day I watched this movie called This Is 40 and it was like, it was funny, but it was this story about this heterosexual couple with two kids. Obviously they have a completely different life, but I found myself being like, am I like that? And getting all of this like fear about getting older. And so much of that is from our culture's ageism, right? Where we value young and we really don't value the wisdom of our elders. And we don't really see how aging is getting more in touch with who we really are, our own inner wisdom. We become more aware, more healed, hopefully. So there's so much beauty in aging, so much beauty in aging. And then that made me think about how indigenous cultures and a lot of my ancestries, including Samoan ancestry, really have these customs of valuing your elders, valuing that wisdom. And in the process of our westernization of America and the colonialization of indigenous communities and the erasure of so many indigenous communities, we really have lost so much of that wisdom and respect and sacredness in the understanding of how we understand ourselves. You know, I I wonder what would this country be like if we hadn't erased so much of that wisdom? What 
kind of different relationship would we have if the indigenous people of America were not nearly erased? Who would we be? How would we think about ourselves? What wisdom from that lineage would we still be carrying with us? What understanding of who we are in relation to age and each other, our sexuality, our spirituality, our relationship to nature, to land? And so what I'm noticing and really feeling out is that as part of our healing is really reclaiming our ancestry, that wisdom from before. And this isn't just people of color and black people and indigenous people. There's sacred wisdom from all of humanity where we were more connected to the spiritual realm beyond organized religious institutions connected to nature, magic, psychic abilities, intuition. So as those thoughts come up in our mind when we have these like judgment of our bodies, our age, our productivity, we have to remind ourselves that those thoughts are not really our own. And our essence of who we are is deeply sacred. This path is deeply sacred, this path of life. So I just wanted to share that with you because it's been so healing for me to remember that that's also part of who we are. All right. Oh, before we get to the questions, I do want to put out a reminder that our Higher Self Zoom Club is happening this Saturday, the 23rd at 4 p.m. Eastern. For all our angels and miracles to your Patreon supporters, it's a Zoom meeting where I answer people's questions and we just kind of share and it's very sweet. Um, it's normally on the last Saturday of the month, but like I explained last time, it's happening on the third Saturday of this month because next week I'm going to be at my sister's wedding, blah, blah, blah. Anywho, I hope to see you there. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please consider it. It helps us keep this podcast going and you can join at patreon.com forward slash XO higher self. Alrighty, let's get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. The other night, my boyfriend's friend was asking me about my feelings about my boyfriend going to the strip club. He was arguing it could cultivate a high level of trust in the relationship, and while that works for some people, I don't feel the same way. About a year ago, my boyfriend actually went to a strip club in town with some of his friends on their first boys' night out since the pandemic, and I did not text him the entire night because I wanted to trust him. I even loaned him a shirt that he would feel most confident in. Well, that night he came home at 3 a.m. and he woke up and told me where he had been. And it broke my heart as he knew how I had felt about him going in the first place. Fast forward to the conversation I had mentioned with his friend the other night. Ever since then, my boyfriend and I have been fighting about his right, quote-unquote, to go wherever he pleases, including there. He feels embarrassed by my boundary and believes it is an attempt, <clears throat> an attempt to control his actions. And I try to explain to him that it's a boundary and it's been my boundary and it's up to him to respect how I feel or not. But we're both fairly young still and unfortunately I'm worried that he's going to feel like I'm being too controlling and end the relationship just because I don't agree with him going to the strip club. 
And if we really have to break up because he wants to go there so bad, that is just sad. And I also want to mention that we have major intimacy problems right now. Ever since we tried watching porn together while having sex, something else extremely hesitant and not okay with doing, I have not been good enough in his eyes to have sex without porn. Not to mention, he makes lewd, inappropriate comments to me about other women or myself, and it all makes me so uncomfortable. So please, Bunny, if you have any advice, I would appreciate it because I am starting to lose it. I really don't know what to do or how to help my relationship. Thank you. Hi, love. Well, you hit the nail right on the head when you said that this is really about your boundaries. This isn't about what's right or wrong. This isn't about morals. This isn't about saying that going to a strip club makes you a bad partner. Because for somebody else, it might not be an issue at all. And when your partner said that he should be able to do what he wants to do, he can do whatever he wants to do. He has the choice to do what he wants to do. And so do you. You also have the choice to be in a relationship with somebody who goes to the strip club with his guys or not, right? So this isn't just about his choice. It's also about your choice. And when you went on to talk about the intimacy issues and the fact that now he doesn't want to be intimate unless there's porn on, that raises a concern for me in terms of compatibility. You know, porn, strip club, that whole thing, that's all about fantasy, right? That's your fantasy stuff. It's not really about reality. It's about people being able to go to this sexually erotic fantasy in their own minds and feel turned on by that and have that kind of erotic personal experience. When you're in a relationship, you have to be on the same page in terms of how much of that fantasy (laughs) enters into the relationship. I think maybe it was a few weeks ago, we had a question about porn from another listener. And I talked about how there are some things that you just don't need to be part of in terms of your partner's personal fantasies or what they watch in porn, you know, like all of that stuff is really up to you about how much you want that brought into your world and your relationship. So I understand those boundaries. And I also think that you are a pretty open person. I mean, you were willing to give it a try and be intimate with the porn on because that's something that he wanted to do. So it's not like you're not a malleable person. It's not like you're not open-minded. You are. I really want you to be in a relationship where you feel safe, emotionally safe, spiritually safe, physically safe, where you feel seen, where you feel honored. That doesn't mean you're always going to be in agreement. But there's certain issues in our relationships that are not meant for compromise, right? There's certain things that are signs that it's a compatibility issue. And that's really your personal choice. And I know it might seem silly for you that if the relationship ended over this thing, but it's not really over this thing. It's not really about the strip club. It's about your compatibility. And that goes beyond just this issue. So nobody is wrong. Nobody's a bad person. You have very different wants and desires and needs when it comes to this stuff. And your needs are valid. 
Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hello, I'm a new listener. I'm a classroom teacher, and my question is about how to be there for my students when I'm having a hard time being there for myself. Um, a lot of a lot of us, including myself, are feeling kind of apathetic lately, um, depressed, unmotivated, um, and I teach art. And I, I, I try to make my classroom very welcoming and safe. I try to be friendly with my students and often they're not very friendly back and that's okay. But sometimes it just starts to wear on me. Um, I'm very introverted, especially as I get older. I find I'm getting more introverted and trying to make connections with my students. Um, is just harder and it is also hard because when they, when they leave, like all that work I put into it is kind of gone and, and that's okay. That's part of teaching. But as I get older and I'm just like lifting the boulder is starting to get harder and I'm starting to feel like what I'm teaching and what everyone else is teaching is disconnected and, you know, even just getting things to be more social justice oriented has been such a heavy lift. And, um, and, you know, my classroom is my own little universe. I'm lucky to teach art where I can, I can mold the curriculum the way I want. Um, but I just, I just feel like I'm floundering a bit and it's because I don't really know, I don't, sorry, I forgot I was leaving a voicemail and not a voice recording on my own phone that I was going to upload. So anyway, um, I guess like I'm trying to find just within myself some leadership skills and like how to overcome my own apathy and hopelessness so I can be of service in these uncertain times um, and connect with my students and and help them. Thank you. Hello. Well, first of all, I want to say that I admire you so much for being an art teacher. I think what you're doing 
is God's work. (laughs) It's such a beautiful thing, especially in the circumstances that we're in, in terms of the education system, especially what teachers have to deal with, with no budgets and the political climate and the safety issue and the gun issue and all that kind of stuff. Like that we put way too much on teachers' plates work-wise and then also just the emotional aspect of it. It makes sense that you're burnt out. It makes sense that these feelings of apathy come in because when you have been going for so long without a lot of support, you want to dissociate. What I thought when I was listening to your voicemail was, what was the reason you became an art teacher in the first place? I'm assuming it's because you're an artist. And I'm wondering what you do in terms of being a creative person, being an artist outside of the classroom. Because inspiration doesn't just maintain itself. I'm sure for a lot of the time, what inspires you are the students. Getting that feedback, seeing them create, watching them evolve, the relationships, all of that kind of stuff. Like that's a big source of your inspiration, but it's not the only source of your inspiration. Who you are as an artist is a huge source of your inspiration. It's a huge source of why you're there, your passion. And so finding that inspiration, it can't just come from the classroom. It has to come from your own personal creative practice, whatever that looks like. And I think that at this time, that can be really healing for you to remember that you're not just a teacher. That's not who you are. You're many, many things. And the less you put all of your identity in that role, the less you're going to depend on it to fulfill you. Because what happens when you depend on your passion to fulfill you, even if you love it, you can really easily end up being resentful of it. I know I experience that sometimes when I haven't been taking care of myself, when I have been overloading myself with work, when I've been overloading myself with stress, just in my own mind. It's really easy for me to focus on, oh, what I'm not getting out of this career, right? Or what hasn't happened yet or who criticized me or, you know, focusing on that stuff. It's really easy to focus on that stuff when you're not connected to the higher purpose. We all have the same higher purpose, right? We're all here to bring more love, to awaken the consciousness of the planet. And we all play a role in that. Being a teacher and doing what you do is part of your role, but that's not the whole thing, right? It's about being able to awaken that love in all parts of your life. Your creative practice, your art, your love for art, that is sacred. That's a sacred part of you. It's a sacred part of humanity. It's revolutionary. So what does that look like for you now? What is your expression now? What is your passion about art that isn't just about teaching? And that's the place where you get your nourishment. That's the place where you get refilled. So you can show up to the class and deal with the mood swings of the students, with the administrative problems. This is about your relationship to who you are beyond the roles that you play in this world and how you can express that divine creativity that we all have within us, that you're trying to awaken in your students, focus on on awakening that in yourself again. 
I hope that that's helpful. Sending you lots of love. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Hi, buddy. Um, I'm feeling emotionally um, really like high strung right now because I just found out a lot of information and this podcast is a like shining beacon of joy in my life. So I'm calling um, to keep a long story short. I basically just found out that my mom was unfaithful to my dad like eight years ago. Um, My dad shared a lot of just really sad information with me about how he's been feeling for so long and I don't think my parents, like, I don't think they're really going to be together for much longer with, frankly, mm, that hasn't been officially told to me by either of them, so I think I'm going to deal with that at a later date, but what I'm asking right now, like, today is what advice would you give as far as trying to hold compassion for, like, my dad and obviously all the hurt that he's feeling and also try and curb some of the obvious anger that I'm feeling towards my mom um, because, you know, I can think logically and know that, like, there are many reasons that would drive someone to, like, cheat on their partner and that I'm sure there was probably things going on at that time that I had no idea about. Like, I I don't think it just came out of nowhere. Um, But, yeah, I'm mostly just feeling heartbroken right now. and I would just appreciate any advice you have. Thanks. Bye. Oh, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. This is really, really tough news to get. Our parents and our caregivers are like our foundation. And when that foundation gets cracked, it is so destabilizing and overwhelming. And it even leads us to question, you know, our identity and who we are and our past. Because when you find out that there was something happening that you didn't know about, it kind of opens up this whole part of you that's like, well, what else isn't real? And all of that stuff. And you can end up spiraling in this really, really scary place. And that reaction is understandable. And your heartbreak is a sign of your humanity. Your pain and your anger at your mom and all of those feelings are valid. Our instinct right away is to like not feel pain. Our instinct is we need to shift our perspective right away so that we don't have to be angry anymore. We need to hurry up and find that compassion. We need to hurry up and hire self the situation. And I get that. I get that. But when we're hurt, we also have to trust the process because our higher selves, it's not that our higher self doesn't want us to feel emotions and pain. Our higher selves are holding us through the pain. 
Our higher selves are the part of us that knows that no matter what we're feeling at the time, we know we're going to be okay. We're going to get there. We're going to get to the place of compassion. We're going to get to the understanding. We're going to get to the healing. We trust our higher selves in that. But for now, we just got to take it one step at a time. Like this hurts. You're so wise. You're so insightful because it's not so simple to just judge the person who cheated. You know that a lot of circumstances and relationships lead to that. There's other things going on. You don't know what was going on. You know, all of that other information. You're so wise for already being in tune with that and not just making it so black and white. I mean, that's part of your emotional maturity and your wisdom and your intuition. And I want you to trust yourself and to trust that you're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. And so are your parents. It's hard. It's destabilizing. There's going to be emotions and anger and frustration. But what you need to focus on is how you're going to get through the day, right? How you're going to get through your healing. Because as much as it was very trusting of your dad to tell you and reveal that information to you, you also have to think about your own boundaries in terms of what you need to know or do not need to know about the dynamics of your parents' relationship. Like how deep do you really want to go in the information that they tell you? Because it's hurtful, you know, it's, it's painful for you. So as you process just that news, I think it would be wise for you to take a little space from hearing your parents' relationship problems. I wouldn't rush to, you know, hear all the details or get both sides, you know, as tempting as that is. We also need to have boundaries in all of our relationships. And our parents are just people like us who are on their own journey, who are still trying to figure it out, who don't always have the best boundaries or don't always know what the healthiest thing to do is. So as adults, we have to really take care of ourselves. We have to figure out what that looks like for ourselves. And the more compassion you give yourself, the more you trust in your own wisdom, the more in tune you're going to be with, okay, what choices work for me? What do I need here? What do I need from my dad here? What do I need from my mom here? What do I need in terms of my own space? What are some outside support systems in my family that I can turn to? What are some healing things, some spiritual things, some books, online resources, you know, friendships that I can lean on, all of that kind of thing. How can I care for myself in this circumstance so I can get through each day and make it as empowered for myself as I can? I'm kissing your pain right now sending you lots of hugs. Trust your higher self. Trust your own strength and wisdom. You are going to be able to navigate this with even deeper understanding and compassion for yourself, for your parents. There's no rush. You got this. Hey, Bunny. I've been listening to your podcast and following you on social media for um, several years, maybe over five. Um, And uh, 
I learned the concept of a higher self through your memes. And um, in the beginning, I just didn't get it. Um, someone who showed them to me, it's kind of an interesting story. And as I, as I think about it, I realize this is all tied together. I was at a workshop and I just became so enamored with another person there. Um, and I was in a relationship. I was in a relationship that I had left once already, and it was psychologically, emotionally um, abusive. And um, I was in that relationship for eight years before I finally got out, and we were married, and um, it was one of the hardest things I ever did. But while I was in this relationship, I met this other guy who introduced me to your memes. And I just, there was just something about him that I just was so enamored with. It was beautiful and vulnerable and emotionally intelligent and not seeking power and not seeking um, status or anything with me. Um, and I just found this like irresistible. Um, and now I find myself single again after another relationship that I'm looking back on and I'm like, oh God, I, I didn't exist in that relationship really. Like I never felt heard. I never felt like I was allowed to have any feelings. And every time I brought something up, it was always somehow my fault. And so I got out of that relationship and that was another long relationship. It had been three years and now I've been single for a couple months and my friends have been so supportive, but now I think everyone maybe is just busy or it's been long enough to where I think everyone is like, uh, I should be able to get by on my own. Um, and I'm beginning to see that I need a lot of validation. I seek a lot of validation. Um, and I, you know, have like a lot of fears about rejection and, um, being seen as needy or, um, you know, bad. Um, and I'm really working on giving myself what I need. And it's really important that I stay single right now and that I learn to rely on myself for all of these emotional needs. But I'm having such a hard time just not panicking and just running through my list of people who can I ask for help who can I who can I ask if I'm okay um and even this right now is kind of a form of validation seeking and I guess I'm just wondering if you have any advice um, for me um and anybody who's struggling with something like this because this seeking, this validation seeking and uh, need to check myself through other people and not trusting my own perception is what gets me in these relationships that are harmful to me um, or at the very least are not, uh, not exactly what I need. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, thank you so much for everything you do. Um, I love listening to your podcast. I love listening to you speak, and I love hearing everybody else's thoughts and feelings. It 
it feels like I'm part of the community, even though we don't really talk. I'm, uh, this is the first time I've ever sent anything in. Um, it's, it's one of the things that really helps me. So thank you for that. Um, hope this wasn't too long. Um, all right. Love you guys. Hi, sweetie. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Listen, healing is hard. It's painful. Changing our patterns is difficult. Bringing more awareness of the things that we need to work on sucks. <laughs> that's why not everybody wants to do that work. I mean, that's not why everybody's willing to look in the mirror and understand themselves on a really deep level or work through their own trauma or atone for what they contributed in the circumstances of their life. A lot of people avoid it because of the pain that it brings up. So you feeling that pain is part of this healing journey that you're going on. And you already are getting so much information you see, okay, there's a pattern here, there's a pattern here, there's a pattern here. You see how this led to this, this led to this, this led to this. You've learned every single step. You realize that your dependence on outside validation is part of why you got into that other relationship or why you stayed. And now it, it's part of why it's so difficult for you to not get that outside validation continually from your friends. You're connecting the dots, but the process of connecting those dots and having those realizations is a painful process. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're not going to be okay. In fact, it means the opposite of it. It means you're on your way to a healed self around that issue, right? Because healing is continual. And then there's another thing you have to heal and then another thing. And then there's deeper layers of it and there are even deeper ways. And it's just, it's, it's ongoing. And sometimes it's really hard. I recently went through the past couple of weeks of really, really hard healing. I am doing all this research for my book. I had to uncover all this historical context for all this pain in my lineage. And then I was making connections from that ancestral trauma to my personal trauma and why I have these opinions on myself. And it was just so overwhelming and hard and I was crying and it wasn't easy. You know, it was not easy. And we have seasons in our healing journey that are particularly difficult. And you're in a season of that. You're in a season of that. You're coming out of a relationship where you had this single support system, and that has been taken away from you. That's gone. So you have to rebuild. And you don't know exactly what that looks like. But that's why you're in this situation, because you're being forced to discover what that looks like for you. Another thing I want to point out is that your ability to reach out to friends for help is a really good thing. We come from a culture that is constantly pushing down our throats, self-sufficiency, figure it out for yourself. If you need help, you're weak. We come from a very individualistic culture where we're not cultivating community. And that goes back to like Puritan colonialism, all, you know, American dream, capitalist. You know, there's all these reasons why our culture is like that, why we have these ideas of how we're supposed to be, who we are. So the part of you that is open and vulnerable with other people is a really beautiful part of you. 
It's just you need more balance. A lot of people are coming from the opposite space, including me. Like, it's really difficult for me to reach out when I'm really struggling because I don't want to show that part of myself, right? So I'm working on it from the other angle. So there is really nothing wrong in this moment. And part of the healing path is your higher self not only showing you the stuff that you need to work on and patterns that need to change, but it's also showing you your strengths, your wisdom, your intuition, your love, your care, your empathy, your ability to feel deeply, your passion, your willingness to grow and evolve and awaken more awareness within you. That's also part of this healing process. So lean into that. That's what we have to lean into in order to sustain the shadow work. We have to lean into our gifts and shifting that perspective to see the beauty in who we are. Because you are so beautiful. So beautiful. You're a divine creature. You are here to awaken to that divinity. And the process of that is a bumpy road, but it's also such a beautiful road with so much joy. So you reaching out to this podcast is not you being dependent on validation. It's you helping yourself heal. And there's all different ways in which we do that. We do that by reaching out to our friends. We do that by journaling and meditating and finding a spiritual practice getting some healing crystals. We do it by educating ourselves on how our minds work. We do that by unearthing our trauma and seeing why we hold on to certain reactions. The healing process is so diverse in all of the different tools that we have. And we need to take advantage of all of them. One of the tools that you have been neglecting is you connecting to your higher self, your wisdom, because you have within you the knowledge of your worth. It's in there and it has been this whole time. You've always been enough. You always will be. And practicing reminding yourself of that, practicing going inward, it's a new thing. It takes time. So don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing great. You're doing, doing great. Truly. Sending you lots of love. Well, that wraps up episode 90. Thank you so much for everybody who shared their questions and let us into their minds and their life and their journey. It's so generous, so giving. I always just want to recognize that. It's just so amazing. Um, don't forget that if you are sending in questions and you are not a Patreon subscriber or an Apple subscriber, you could be missing the answers on our bonus episodes, which come out every other week. So look into that. And I also just want to encourage people to send in questions. We are actually rearranging the order of our recording and we're recording batches of episodes at a time so we actually do need more questions at one time rather than like the periodical cycling of questions so keep sending those in thank you thank you so much i hope to see you at the higher self zoom club this saturday sending you so much love i love you so much and so does your higher self take care see you next time 
Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.